0: John chapter number 10 and we'll read this uh, passage of scripture and pray and then uh, you can be seated. Do again pray for our revival. And in the morning at 11 o'clock, Brother John Morgan will be preaching. And, of course, the school will be here. And anybody that wants to come can be here. And no telling what God may do. Brother Daniel Waters called me. And he said, I think I'm going to drop in a day or two uh, in that meeting. I said, come on. And Brother Chris Simpson said, I may come a day or two. And I said, well, come on. Amen. So who knows who's going to be here. But we need the Lord here most of all. And so we're praying for God to meet with us. John chapter 10 and verse number 27. The Bible said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Father, I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray the Holy Spirit will touch us these next few moments. Give us uh, the wisdom. Give us the vocabulary to speak. And I pray that you'll do the work that no man can do. I ask you, Lord, to uh, give us receptive hearts and ears to hear and, and to listen. And I pray that you'd bind the devil this morning. And may you be glorified and magnified and honored in all that will be said and done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention Uh, to something that Jesus mentions particular uh, in this text. I know that uh, you're familiar with it. I'm sure we've preached from it. You've heard other preachers uh, preach from it. But I just want you to notice one thing that I want to preach on from this text this morning. And it's found both in verse number 28 and in verse number 29. Jesus said in the latter part of verse 28, Neither shall any man, notice this, pluck them out of my hand. And then in verse number 29, he said, And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. When you think about this text this morning, Jesus talks about his voice, he talks about his sheep. But here in verse number 28 and 29, he talks about two hands two distinctive and two different hands. The hand in verse number 29 is the hand of the Savior. And the hand in verse number tw- or verse 28 is the hand of the Savior. And the hand in verse 29 is the hand of a sovereign God. Amen? The hand in verse number 28 is Jesus' hand. And the hand in verse 29 is Jehovah's hand. Now these are two different hands, but they are the same hand isn't that right because Jesus said himself in verse number 30 that I and my father are one I got to thinking about that I thought now how can two hands uh, uh, be the same hand but yet be different hands and then I just looked at my hands amen and if you'll look at your hands you know why Uh, listen this is one hand this is my left hand and this is my right hand and they're two separate hands uh, but yet they're the same hands uh, belonging to the same individual. Amen. I tell you I'm glad Jesus is on one hand and Jehovah is on the other hand. Amen. But yet they are the same hand. When you think about these hands this morning, uh, the first hand was pierced at Calvary. Uh, the second hand is the hand that formed Calvary. Amen. The first hand reveals eternal life uh, and the second hand uh, reveals eternal love. Uh, and the first hand uh, reached down one day and touched a leopard and the second hand uh, reached down one day and parted the waters of the Red Sea that first hand uh, rode in the ground and forgave a woman that had been caught in the very act of adultery and that second hand uh, rode on tablets of stone uh, and pronounced judgment my friend uh, on all the heathen world uh, and gave the law and the commandments to the people of God Uh, you say what are you saying preacher this morning I'm simply saying this uh, we're in in good hands. Amen. Uh, it doesn't matter this morning what's happening around us. Uh, we are uh, in good hands. Amen. Uh, I don't just say along with a psalmist uh, in Psalms 134 in verse number one. He said, Oh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, all ye people of the Lord. Uh, I raise my hands this morning uh, uh, because uh, uh, there is a mighty hand, uh, there is a strong hand, uh, there is an unseen hand, uh, there is there's a sovereign hand. There's a nail-pierced hand. It's going to see me. It's me through my yesterdays. It'll see me through today. And thank God it'll see us through our tomorrows. It is the hand of the Lord. Amen. And I want to preach a few minutes on this subject this morning. On the hands that hold the sheep. Amen. The hands that hold the sheep. He said in verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want to tell you this morning nothing can happen that what it doesn't pass through his hands. You know that? uh, There's not anything uh, that's going to happen in this world uh, uh, that what it's not going to pass through the hand uh, of almighty God. Uh, In fact the psalmist said uh, as uh, as the rivers of the water are, uh, he said so is the heart of the king uh, in the hand of the Lord. Uh, He said as the rivers of the waters, uh, he said he turns it whithersoever he goes. I going to tell you who's turning the tables uh, and who's turning the tide uh, and who's making things happen in 2021. Uh, it's none other than a sovereign God. Uh, he's still on the throne. Uh, he's still in charge. Uh, he's still in control. Uh, and nothing can happen that what he doesn't allow it to, it's in his hands this morning. Amen. There's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of fear. But I'll tell you, the Bible said, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if I didn't know Jesus Christ and know the Bible and know the end, I'd lose my mind in these last days like a lot of people are doing. But I'm glad, thank God, we got a book. I'm glad we got a hope. I'm glad we got a promise. I'm glad we got a spirit. I'm glad we got a future. Thank God we got something beyond this world. And we are in good hands this morning. The hands that hold the sheep. Notice three things about this text this morning concerning these hands that hold the sheep. Number one, I want you to see in verse 27, I want you to see God's great grace, amen? God's great grace. Something was already said about that this morning. And when I look at verse 27, I see the grace of God. As he said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you see those four distinctives in that verse here? I want to tell you, God's grace is claiming the sheep. In verse 27, as Jesus said, they're my sheep. Amen. I'm glad I don't belong to this world. Amen. I'm glad I don't belong, my friend, to the government. Amen. Hey, I'm not trusting the government. I'm trusting God this morning. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, listen, we don't belong in this world. We're not of this world. We're just passing through this world. I'm glad somebody has already staked claims on me. They've already staked claims on you. We're not a part of this world. We're a part of the bride. Amen. We're a part of the church of the living God. And thank God the bridegroom is coming. He's going to catch the bride away. I'm glad he has claimed every one of us this morning. Amen. It's a great day to be called a Christian. It's a great day to be saved. It's a great day to know the Lord. You say, but preacher, there's a lot of scary things happening out there around this world. If your hope is in this world, then you ought to be scared. But if your hope is beyond this world, you ought to be excited, friend. Amen. Because all God is doing, they're just like puppets on strings this morning. And all God's are doing is setting the stage. He's done claimed his children. He's done claimed his church. And thank God he's just setting the stage so that the bridegroom can come and take the bride way. We're fixing to get out of this world is what's going to happen. Amen. And I see here it's God's great grace and that he would claim the sheep. Isn't it something that God would claim me and you this morning? I see that in the claiming of the sheep. And then I see that in verse 27 in his calling of the sheep. Look he said what he said. He said my sheep hear my voice. I want to tell you I hear his voice this morning. I like that song that says, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the songwriter knew something about communion with God because he said, the voice that I hear falling on mine ear, tis the Son of God, and it discloses and he said he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own I mean in an uncertain hour there's a deep settled peace on the inside there's a security on the inside you know why because I hear that still small voice uh, and he's calling every one of us Uh, I think we all know that the end is coming we all know that Jesus is coming the church is falling fast asleep Uh, the world is going crazy Uh, I'm telling you dictators are in all time high uh, trying to take over uh, this world Uh, but in the midst of it all uh, uh, God is still speaking to his church Uh, God is still speaking to his people I'm telling you friend uh, uh, listen God is working and God is moving and I'm glad I can hear his voice this morning I was in a store yesterday and I was purchasing something and uh, and a man asked me he said "Uh, what do you do for a, a living I said well I said I don't really like to call it a living, but I said, I have a calling. I said, I'm a pastor of a church. And he said, where do you pastor at? And I, and I told him where I pastor at. And he said, well, I, I reckon y'all are on lockdown. <laughs> I said, well, not really. <laughs> I was trying to avoid the conversation. He said, y'all having church? I said, yeah, we're having church. I said, in fact, we're fixing to have a two-week revival. He said, Y'all must be social distancing. I said, Well, kindly. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing the best we can. (laughs) And I I could tell when I walked out of the store, there was a conversation fixing to take place between him and the other lady, and that's fine, that doesn't bother me. I don't know if they were Christians, I didn't have the opportunity to say anything, other people was in line behind me, but you know, the world thinks we lost our mind, amen, they think we're crazy, but that's okay, the feeling's mutual, isn't that right? They don't understand why we want to go to church in the midst of a pandemic, why we still want read our Bible and pray uh, to a God that we cannot see uh, I want to tell you my friend God may be invisible but he's not imaginary amen uh, I've heard his voice uh, I've felt his touch uh, I've heard his call uh, and he's real uh, and he'll walk with you and talk with you uh, and he'll tell you that you're his own that's uh, a grace of God uh, that he'll even talk to us in this hour amen I want to tell you God's great grace in calling the sheep and God's great grace in that He is conscience of the sheep. Look what He said in verse 27. He said, you ought to underline this, and I know them. That ought to make you want to shout this morning. He knows you this morning if you're saved. Hey, we're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. Can I get a witness there? somebody said that a while back I heard that said we're all the children of God and I thought lady you don't know what you're talking about we're all God's creation but only we that have been born again by the grace of God are his children I was a child of wrath before I got saved amen but thank God I'm a child of the grace of God this morning uh, and I'm glad that he knows me I know him uh, but as the songwriter said "This of all he knows me this morning uh, and if you can raise your hand and say that the Lord knows you then why should you you worry? Why should you fear? Why should you ever live in doubt? If God knows who you are and He knows where you're at, don't you think He's big enough to take care of you? Don't you think He's big enough to watch out for you? He's not going to let anything happen that's not His will. And thank God I'm glad He has conscience of His sheep this morning. That's grace, isn't it? And I see this great grace in the fact that He is connecting with His sheep. Look what He said in verse number 27. And they follow me. There's a connection between people that are saved. They follow Jesus. I never have believed people that say they got saved and never lived for God a day in their life. I never have believed they were saved. You say, oh, but Brother Gravely, things happen. No, I'm going to tell you something. Raised in a drunkard's home. Didn't know John 3, 16 the day I got saved. But there was a connection when I got saved. I didn't know what what was right and wrong. I'll tell you, when I got saved, I went home that Sunday afternoon and when I walked in my bedroom, my radios always stayed on KZ 106 night and day and I didn't know rock music was wrong but when I walked in the bedroom, something for the first time on the inside spoke to my heart and said, why don't you turn that station off? Uh, I didn't even know that was God, Brother David, but I knew uh, they just kept talking to me. It just kept saying, you don't really want to listen to that anymore more, you don't need to listen to that and I turned that station off, I really didn't know that was God, about a week later I had my, and I'm not proud of this, I'm ashamed of this but I had rock posters and all kinds of ungodly posters on my wall and I'll tell you what, every time I walked in that bedroom after I got saved that same voice was talking to me and said, you know, you ought to just take all them posters down off of that wall after about a week of that, I remember one night I was laying in bed and I was getting creeped out looking at all them posters I felt like everybody was a staring at me. The very demons of hell I thought was a looking at me. Never bothered me before. But there was a connection. Amen. I'd lost connection with this world and I took up connection with another world. I remember the day I took all them posters down, I went down to the creek and threw every one of them in there, the branch. I went home. My mother said, What in the world have you done to your room? I said, I cleaned it up. She had a heart attack. Amen. I never cleaned my room up. But if you say, What was that? some voice was talking to me. Hey, does that voice talk to you? Does that voice say something to you? I'm glad there's a connection, amen? He didn't save us and leave us here and say, get home the best way you can. No, he gave us the Holy Spirit and he lives inside and he talks with us, hallelujah. You say, preacher, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, let me ask you this question. Does he ever talk to you? Do you ever hear... His voice. The devil don't tell you to read your Bible. You think the devil's going to tell you go read your Bible? I mean, if you believe that, listen, I got oceanfront property in Murray County. I want to sell you at a very good price. Amen. I'm talking about top dollar, friend. The devil's not going to say, go pray. He's not even going to make you feel bad about not praying. You ever felt bad about not praying? Well, that sure wasn't the devil, amen. He don't want you talking to God. He don't want you reading your Bible. The devil's not going to tell you, oh, you want to go to church? You want to go to revival meeting? You want to hear some good preaching? The devil's not going to tell you that. I'll tell you, but if you're saved, the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, he'll say, don't you want to go to church tonight? Don't you want to go to revival meeting? Don't you want to read your Bible? Don't you want to pray? You say, but I battle the flesh. Well, that's a whole different thing. But there's a part of me that gets tired and there's a part of me that wants to live for God, and there's that part that fights against it, that just means you're saved. Uh, if you wasn't saved, there'd be no warfare. Amen? Uh, but if there's a battle raging inside of you, uh, hey, and that means a Holy Ghost lives inside. There's a connection, God's great grace. And then, I want you to see God's great grip here in verse number 28. He said, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Notice this, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This great grip reveals his salvation. And I give unto them eternal life. I want to tell you this morning, salvation's eternal. It's forever and ever and ever today. If you're saved, you may lose a lot of things, but you'll never lose your salvation. Have you ever put something up in a safe place so you wouldn't lose it and then you couldn't find it? I did that the other day. I had about 20 bolts I put up in a place. And I put them up, I remember distinctively about six months ago, I put them up, I said, I'm going to put these here because I'll know exactly where they're at. <laughs> I turned everything upside down. Yeah. I mean, I put them in a good place, I'm telling you, because only God in the de- knows where they're at, amen. And, and I, I couldn't find them nowhere. So I, I looked everywhere for those things. I, and you know sometimes we lose things. I hate to be out of town and have to buy something that I couldn't find that I know I have. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, there's one item, I won't tell you what it is. But I own 30 of them. I just don't know where 29 of them are. (laughs) They're somewheres. They're so stinking small that every time I put them in my briefcase, it's like going through a woman's pocketbook. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. You can't find nothing. I, I've turned it upside down. Sure, I thank God for 29 compartments in a briefcase until something's that big, and you can't find it. I mean, I've i sent it through security, and they can't even find it. And I'll say, well, I'll go buy another one. And I'll go buy it, and as sure as I buy it, I'll go home and bump into one of them. And I lose those things, not because I want to, but I want to tell you something this morning. God's got a great grip on us. We're saved. Salvation is of the Lord. Can I get a witness on that? I don't tell you, it reveals his salvation, it reveals his security. He said, and they shall never perish. I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to lose his grip, amen. He's not going to lose his hold. I'm not keeping myself. And if you're saying you're not keeping yourself, I'm glad there's a good hand keeping us. I know I've used this illustration before, but I got a piece of lead in this hand right here. You can see it. It's been there since I was about 11 years old. I was sitting in school one day aggravating a girl. Well, her daddy taught her right. <laughs> and she had about all she could take, you know. she sat in front of me. I kept pulling her hair. That's what boys do when they like a girl. They torment her. Now, that's good theology, isn't it? That's not a way to win her heart. I promise you that. It is a good way to get a piece of lead in your hand for a lifetime. <laughs> she turned around. She took that pencil and... <laughs> and then she was so mean, she went... She made sure it was there. Somebody said you could die of lead poison. I don't know about that. It's been there all those years, and and I can still see it right there. I'm going to tell you, if we were in His hand like this, there could always be the possibility, even though we know that's not reality. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean that He's got us like this. The Bible said we're engraved in the palms of His hand. We're in His hand, friend. Just like that piece of lead is a part of me now. Oh, I'm sure it could be taken out, but it's been there too long. But just like now, it's a a part of me. It's a foreign piece, but now it's a part of who I am. We're in Christ, and He is in us. We're inside Him this morning. When Jesus went to Calvary, He didn't just die for me, but He died as me. He died as you. He became sin for us. He didn't just take on that sin, but he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, he's not just holding on to us, but we are in him and he is in us. He said, I am in you and you are in me. The vine is in the and the branches. We are together, and thank God, I'm glad we'll never be separated. You can't dissect me, my friend, the Trinity, and you can't take a child of God out of the blood you can't t- unbirth him friend. you can't listen or re-dead him but thank God we are alive in Christ this morning it's a great grip isn't it and he reveals his strength that not, not shall, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand I see God's great grace I see his great grip and then I see his great glory in verse 29 his great glory is seen in his promise he said my father which gave them me is greater than all. What a promise that is. The Father gave all that the Father giveth to me. He said, He said, all that the Father giveth to me. You see, this morning we're not a Calvinist. Can I get an amen? I believe in a whosoever will gospel because the Bible teaches that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that this morning. It's what the Bible teaches. If you want to be saved, you can be saved this morning. You have that promise that I have this morning. It doesn't matter your creed or your nationality or your background. It doesn't matter, listen, who you are or where you come from this morning. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. If you want to get saved, God will save you this morning regardless of who you are. That is a promise that the Father will save anyone. The Bible said who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm telling you this morning He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God God will save anyone that will call upon His name for salvation. A few years ago I was sitting right down here at a, at a, at a Mexican restaurant and there was a man that had visited our church several times. He sat in the back he would raised his hand that he was lost he always sat right there next to the light switch where Brother John is sitting this morning he'd come in and just sit down right there he's a wealthy man he worked on Wall Street for 40 years moved from New York City down to to Lafayette, Georgia. He called it Lafayette. And I said, what in the world got you down here? He said, I wanted to get as far away from the big city as I could. He came here and he sat back there. I'm going to tell you, I've seen God deal with that man for weeks under conviction. He'd raised his hand that he was lost. He needed to be saved. We were sitting there one day at the restaurant talking. And the Lord just opened the door for me to just witness to him about his soul. I watched the tears drop off that man's chin into his plate. He was weeping. It got so real sitting there that I thought he was going to get saved right there in the restaurant. I called his name. I said, listen. I said, the Lord's dealing with you right now. He said, I know He is. He said, I know I need to be saved. I said, if you're willing to get down on your knees right here, right now. I said, God will save you right here in this restaurant. I watched him pause brother laddie for well over a minute. He just sat there with tears. I thought this man's going to get saved. He had the same promise that every one of us have this morning. And he walked away. What are you going to do with that this morning, friend? If you're here this morning and you're lost, I want to tell you, the God of glory wants to save you. As far as I know, that man was in his 80s. That's probably been every bit of seven years ago, maybe eight years ago now. I don't know where he is, if he's in eternity, or if he's still living on this earth. But I do know this. God gave him a golden opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. And he walked away from it. It's seen in his promise. It's seen in his power. Look what he said. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That's double security this morning, friend, if you're saved. We're in the hand of Christ and in the hand of God. And then it's in His person. Look what He said. He said, I and my Father are one. I want to ask you this question this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you do this morning, then you know what I've just got through preaching about. If you don't know Him this morning, then you're troubled on every side. And you need to be saved. I'm going to tell you, religion's not going to get you to heaven. Being baptized and being a good member, a good mama, a good daddy, it's not going to get you to heaven, friend. Being a good teenager, a good young person is not going to get you to heaven. There is none that doeth good. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This morning your goodness will never merit you one ounce at the judgment seat. But I'll tell you what will get you somewhere is His grace this morning. If you'll come this morning and fall down on this altar and fall in the grace of God and say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. God, would you save my soul this morning? God will save you. You have to see yourself lost before you never get saved. I think that's what's wrong with a lot of people today. They don't think they need to be saved. How many times I've heard people say, and you have to." Well, I'm okay. You're going to have to be more than okay to go to heaven, friend. You're going to have to be blood-bought, blood-washed, born again by the grace of God. If you want to know what that means this morning, why don't you get out of your seat and come to this altar and say, Lord, save my soul this morning.